I've always tried to approach things that I want to understand the history. So I want to understand where these companies come from. And then, of course, that helps me to really think about what is the future and what kind of future I want to build and what are things that maybe should be changed and what should we keep. Hi, I am Sophie Vaux, and this is the Rise and Play podcast. In the show, I sit down with influential thought leaders of the gaming industry to deconstruct how they create the best team and company cultures in order to create the best games. Every episode brings actionable insight to improve your leadership, self-awareness, and emotional management skills. Because becoming a better leader starts with becoming a better human. So, Are you ready to unlock your full potential in life and business? Let's begin. So today I am starting 2023 with my first recording again with my super speakers on Rise and Play. And today I have the pleasure to sit down with Céline Pasula. Céline has over a decade of leadership experience in top mobile gaming companies, including startups and bigger companies. As the managing director of Ubisoft Red Links, she's working with experiences on all platforms, mobile and HD. And Céline is an expert in leadership, finance, legal and business development, and also in building a great company culture. And today, our conversation will be focused on the time when she joined Ubisoft Red Links and as a managing director, how did she start the work? What was the implication for the culture? What she focused on? and to take the company where it is today. Very excited to dig in more into this topic, as myself as well at Savage Games. I'm going through this at the moment. So, hey, Céline. Hi, Sophie. Hi. Thank you for the nice introduction. Thanks for joining again. And for the context, we've connected end of last year during Slush at Helsinki, and we have so much to discuss and so much in common, just for one hour coffee. And then I realized, okay, we should probably continue this conversation either offline or why not online and share those learning about growing a company and culture through different phases and especially a company being part of another company. So tell us about your journey when you joined Ubisoft. When was that and what was your motivation when you joined? Well, it has been a well long journey on the video games and I started totally by accident, actually. But what really kept me here and keeps me still here is the people. I started a company called Mr. Good Living, which was one of the early mobile game studios in Helsinki. And then there came really nice opportunity to co-found the company with a few other people. And I was like, okay, this can be really interesting. I never thought at the beginning that it would be so long. So I thought that maybe it's a nice thing to do for a year and, and then I get the real job and, and so on. But I ended up being there actually for quite many years. And it was a huge learning experience for me. When you have nothing, you don't have an office or anything. So if something doesn't work, you can only blame yourself. <laughs> and, and it was really a um, big growth phase for me. Then there was a day that I decided that I don't bring value to this anymore and I don't feel that I'm in the right place for me to learn more. And that was when I actually decided to take a tiny break. I was planning to do it for actually a tiny bit longer, but then I got the interesting proposal from one other 
video games company and I was like okay maybe this is a good opportunity and it sounded really interesting so I decided to jump in and I became the CEO for a company called Fingersoft which is also a mobile games developer. I was there for a few years. I didn't plan to really to change anything back then but then sometimes opportunities come and then you kind of have to decide is that right one for you or not. Also for me of course because I have been focusing quite a bit mostly on the mobile games so for me it was really bringing something new which was the whole console and PC side of the video games and I felt that could be a really great opportunity to really bring the next learnings for myself. So you come joining like a company a studio that exists for some time right so Red Links was Red Links when I was part of Ubisoft and you are joining a few years after I was acquired by Ubisoft. I wonder for a position where you are accountable for reasons, have a lot of responsibilities, how do you start? Do you remember two years ago? How did you start? <laughs> what did you focus your energy and time on before even you started? To be honest, I didn't know that much about the Red Links or Ubisoft. I knew the games, of course, but I didn't know the company itself that much. So that was also a big question for me when I was thinking about it. What is this company? And, and Red Links is, has a long history in the Finnish gaming industry. So what were the first things I actually did was that I first always try to approach things that I want to understand the history. So I want to understand where these companies come from. And then, of course, that helps me to really think about what is the future and what kind of future I want to build and what are things that maybe should be changed and what should we keep. But it was great to learn about the Ubisoft and Red Links, actually, because these are both such a great companies and really figuring out what it makes sense for this studio And what it really makes Ubisoft to have a studio in Helsinki. That was the key focus areas for me at the beginning. So understanding our position and what really are those things that we bring on the table. And then, of course, understanding also where the market is going currently and how we see the future, not only like this year, of course, but actually long-term future. And how are we contributing to that? And then I think also the other thing I see when the acquisition is done, really thinking what it means for the studio. How does that change things because usually the expectations are also changed. It's a different environment and context where you are at. So when you are a tiny startup, it's a different thing what is success for you. So then when you become part of something bigger, like we became part of Ubisoft, it was really that what is success for us then. When you join somewhere new, especially with history, like first was really understanding the history, like the story, why it is this way, etc. So which is quite some time, I would say, of research, talking, conversation, building trust. And another part, which is a definition of the future, right? So where are we going? Why? Aligning different stakeholders here of what do we call success? And going further in the question, I would like to understand part of this whole process. Who were your key stakeholders or collaborators to really have the essence of the information you needed to make sense of having the big picture, right? Who were your partners in this journey? Well, I would say there's a lot of great people at the whole company. So one thing which I don't always recommend it for everybody, but I actually talk at everyone at the studio. So I had a session for each of our employees at Redlinks. It took some time, but I think it was really valuable. But then the other thing was, of course, to talk with the people 
all over Ubisoft. And I really tried to focus for the people on the different areas and the different history and the connections to the studio. So I, I was trying to really understand how they saw us and how they really saw our value on this ecosystem. And then, of course, talking with our people and individuals, like what kind of faces they have seen and how they have been involved with those faces and how they feel about the current situation, of course, and how they see the future. And of course, on the side, you can't fully focus on that because you still have a studio to run. You have to also, of course, solve things that are currently on your table and you need to be involved with. So unfortunately, there's not usually the situation that you can fully focus on these four mm-hmm. first months and then just wait and see. But that's not usually possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can relate to that as well, having done this work and it takes time. I last question on that part, when you started, how did you approach this conversation with everyone? Like, did you have a framework on certain topic and questions you would ask or it was casual and open? Did you have any standard way of having this conversation? I was first thinking that I really create a template, but then I decided to forget it actually. And I really went to have this as an open conversation. So I actually booked a meeting slot with everybody and then just started talking. And it was more also me trying to listen as much as possible and really hear what those people want to say. Because usually you get really interesting thoughts through that, that you don't set what are the topics that you want to talk about. Of course, those usually those topics are quite similar to each other, but I really kind of wanted to open the space for everybody to say how they feel and see and what kind of things they have in their mind. Yeah, I did approach the same, so I understand as well what you're describing. But it's true by just initiating the conversation and listening a lot to what people say, what is important for them, the thing that they carry with them, you get a lot of information by just listening. But you need a question. <laughs> but then when they have something to say and they finally have sometimes the open forum for it, they will actually share that's true. And I think I had like some questions on my back pocket to ask in case someone feels nervous about it or something. Mm. So I started talking about my history and some of the things I asked from some people was that, why are you here? How did you end up in this industry? And, and why are you here at the Ubisoft Red Links and what it really means for you? Quite deep questions, actually. And so at the step, once you gathered all those insights, like history, how people feel, what are the concerns, where you should go as a company, then where are your priorities do you remember? And I give you examples here where there are core parts of a studio and a company that are, for example, the mission sometimes need to be reevaluated, the values, statement, framing, ways of working, how we treat each other, processes. So how did you approach them more in a action plans, like where to begin, what to address first. So I really started that we have to have a really clear and common understanding how we treat each other. It was important for me that we have a shared knowledge on that. So I really started talking about the values and it became quite clear actually really fast. How do we work with each other and what kind of things we value here? And I really started using them as an everyday tool. And then, of course, the second one was really working on this success topic. So what success means for us? What kind of things we can do now today? And what are the things that we need to do long-term future? So really kind of focus on the foundation and understanding how we work together and how do we get there. 
then of course also starting to building the strategy and what it means to really be part of this great company called Ubisoft. What is our position there? How do we fit the big picture? I always want to look at the highest level you can see and how those fit all together. Because if the whole company is not successful, we can't be successful either. And the teams can't be successful if the studio is not successful and individuals can't be successful if the teams are not. At least the culture and the values, they are most of the time implicit. It's a really hard exercise to verbalize them properly. It's uh, require a lot of communication, coordination, alignment. So trying to extract the essence of what already exists, it's a long process. But then when you manage to put a word And people can align and it brings clarity, right? So that's the most important. And I think here, not only through the ways of working, the values, but also where are we going? What is our definition of success? What good looks like? Why are we here? Brings clarity to teams to join efforts towards the same direction. And that's very important. It's a never done job, right? Yeah, I fully agree. And I think it's really also if you want to promote diversity and inclusion here, and that's also personally really important for me, that we have this psychological safety and everybody feel that they are included. The thing that you really have to focus on is that when there is more diverse people and thinking, you need more effort on the communication and creating that safe environment. So it's much easier when people are really similar to each other. So we really want to focus on to making sure that communication works because most of the problems are actually not anything else than miscommunication, I would say. So I think there's old saying that the biggest biases of the communication is that you think it exists. And <laughs> I really feel for that because uh, you kind of think that, of course, they can read my mind. Of course, they know how I think. And then you realize that in our position, it's really critical that we keep repeating. Sometimes it might be even tiring, but it's really critical that we make sure that the communication is actually happening and we understand each other. And so once you re-clarify the values, the goals, long-term, mid-term goals, what are the tools, process, or even like partners you've used to ensure this communication is going smoothly, especially for large teams? Like you talk about repetition, what are your framework or tools to support this? You really have to make sure that you do it in all the different levels. It's really starting talking with the individuals and then, of course, talking for the whole company and the whole studio and making sure that it's a discussion. It's not the one-way street and it's an ongoing process. And I think values are a good example of that, that you can make like really fancy values and write them to the walls, but doesn't mean anything for most of the people. What really means is that how you use them. I think someone said to me that they revisit the values every year. I said that we use them daily. Because like success is a good example. Like when you ask what it means, some people might say that I want to make a hit game. Then I'm like, what is the hit game for you? How do you define the hit game? So I think it's the same with the values, for example, that you really have to start conversation with everybody. So you say we are honest, for example. It means different things for different people and different levels for different people. And, and there's a cultural differences. There's all this diversity. So it's important that we have that conversation that this is what it means for you. Then you find the common place. In your role personally as the VMD, 
What are the places where you find it's the most challenging personally? One thing in this change management phases, I think, is that how you balance the five years you have to stop today and then how much you focus on the long-term goals. But I think one thing is that you need the time to build the strategy and you will need to be patient. And usually people are like, next day they ask like, oh, why is it not there? Why is not the full strategy there already? And then you don't have it the first day. You want to do your homework and you really want to make sure that you work on the long-term strategy also. And then, of course, usually when you are done, then you have to redo something already. So it's a never-ending process, I would say, because I think one thing really makes all the teams, studios and companies successful is the adaptability. We see how fast this market is changing already today. You can't get stuck. You have to be able to have people and teams who are resilient and who are able to adapt whatever the situation is. And that's the never-ending process. I think that's the biggest mission for me as a leader also, really creating those environments that those teams can thrive. And that's critical for me, but it's not really easy. It's something you don't build in one year. Even if people have uh, hard skills and soft skills, you have a complete team. It takes time to really make those teams solid and to make sure that they go through these learnings. Yeah, I think it's a good reminder not only to the team you work with at studio level to be patient. And uh, I see as well like, coming from a startup phase, like, when is this happening? Next week, next month? It, it just takes time. It's not that I... <laughs> I'm slacking, but you want to be mindful, you know, of what you implement, things durable and not just do something quick and then have to fix it later. So I see here the challenge of a discipline on the studio level that used to function as a startup. And then you have those expectation on a company level. Like I refer in this case to, as a, you are part of Ubisoft, they have their own pace. I mean, like now as well, myself, part of Sony, I see it's a different cadence <laughs> between mm-hmm. the console is a bit thinking more long-term. It is a good reminder to think of time frame and be patient with yourself. As you need to organize a lot of things on high-level strategy communication, what is the team to support you to execute this mission, to build this structure, clarity of organization, communication going slowly? Did you have to build also a new team with you as you join or you worked with existing teams? I want to see what I have now mm-hmm. and where do these structures come from because I like the system thinking. I want to understand how the system actually works. And when you figure that out, how it works currently and how you want that to work in the future, then you can start thinking about the teams and the individuals. I didn't have a complete team when I joined. So it has been for me the first years really focusing on getting the right people in the right place and finding them and of course identifying them. I need the people who can actually really work on that environment. So it takes time and that's my key priority always to find those people. But I'm actually, I feel lucky and blessed at the moment because I think I have a really great team around me. And of course now looking forward to take the next steps with them. But it's really kind of first understanding where you want to go and who are the teams and people you need towards the future and identifying those who can, of course, support you and help you with that. But then, of course, you also want to make sure that you have people who actually develop those games and are focusing there. So you need all these functions to work together. But I think also what is critical that you really communicate along the way and make sure that people understand what are their roles and what is expected from them, how they are part of that strategy because it's important that people understand how we fit the Ubisoft strategy, how our teams fit the studio strategy and so on. So there has to be a connection 
and people feeling that they are really part of the big picture. What can they do from their positions? Because there's always things they can do about the strategy. You kind of have to create the connection there. I have one last question. You touched on a point that is very important. I think here communicating along the way because part of the nature of your work is like you come with your experience, you see different things, you collect all the information and you see the change, the transition that the company studio needs to make. And it's, of course, a slow move, but it has several pieces that are quite core, right? So the values, what are the ambition, the goals expected, having the people in the right place and sometimes building new teams. And what I find challenging is the communication that is not always easy conversation because there's a reality here where what it used to be, which was maybe satisfying for some people and they liked it the way, it's hard to accept that it has changed and it's changing or moving to a place that may not be aligned with where they want it to be without even being conscious. So first in nature, change always brings resistance because Nobody likes change. And especially on the company level, there's always the fear that it would change for the worse or it would change at my cost, at my individual cost. And so I wanted to hear your experience here, whether it's the one now or from the past. What has worked for you to manage those conversations when it's sometimes a conversation to consolidate better as a team, work together in the same future or sometimes part ways? I think for me, it's really bringing clarity where we want to go in the long term and what is everybody's role on that. And then, of course, when you become more clear who we are and what the strategy is, then individuals can also make a call. Do they want to be part of that or not? So I think it's also critical to accept that sometimes people might decide that when you are really clear, this is who we are and this is what we are building. Some people might say that, That doesn't resonate to me. I don't want to be part of that. And that's fine. I think that's super healthy. That's super healthy for the individuals and the studio also, because there's someone who don't believe in the strategy. I don't think it's healthy for them either. So if someone decides to leave at that point and find a place that feels more suitable for them, I think that's great win for both sides. But then, of course, it also means that there's people who are more engaged also, who really believe in the strategy and they are like, oh, Finally, we have really clear strategy and this is where we are heading. So if you just come with the strategy and you say like, okay, I did this. This is what we're going to implement. I don't think that's fair to anybody, but it's a process and you get people involved. But at some point you have a clear big picture and this is where we are heading. Yeah, totally. And I take that piece of wisdom to also close the conversation on this note. Maybe as a short summary of what we discussed today, I think it was not so much about Ubisoft Red Wings, but really your journey or your approach, which is the result of your experience in different companies and startups to really approach, communicate, change, transition, spending some time researching, educating yourself, understanding history, people, listen, also frame where you want to go, making it concrete, definition of success, the ways of working. Something I take away a lot, like from a conversation today, the importance of having clarity and communicating constantly clear goals, the direction, the strategy. And because you say it's a long process, so it's not like people have to absorb it in a week, but more like several months, a year, be patient. People have time to absorb the transition, but also figure out for themselves Do they want to be part of this journey and keeping this conversation open, right? So I think here the takeaway as well, like this process of change takes time and you cannot expect for people to say yes or no immediately. Do I want to jump on this new train? Because we don't even know in the moment if that's what we want, right? It's a trying 
constantly. That's one of my experience at the moment is maybe not, but it's we have to experience the change until we know what works or what doesn't. Absolutely. And maybe adding that psychological safety here, because I think it's really about the adaptability and resilience. So if you have that psychological safety, people are willing to accept more uncertainty because that is the market. But if there is no safe and trusted environment, it destroys the whole focus because people are really thinking short-term. And that's not what you want. You want to create these environments that people feel that they can really show their potential, but they can't do it if there's no safety. So it's really this cycle. You have to make sure that there's a safety and, and that feeling. And when that's there, when the foundation is there, and this really connected to values, of course, also that people expect that this is how we react and this is how we behave in a certain situations. And these are really foundational values for us. So it's really connected to many things. But when you have that safety, you also get that adaptability from the people. You get that, that resilient and they are willing to understand more uncertainty and accept more uncertainty. But if it's not there, then you are really, you have to think short-term. Uh, we know that building the trust doesn't happen overnight. So you can lose it really fast, but you don't build that fast. So it takes time. Um, it's multiple things you have to work on. Good reminder. <laughs> well, that's it, Celine, for today. And I'm sure we follow up on many of our conversations because it was super insightful. And we went really deep in this topic of change management and communication. So I'm very grateful for the time you make today and looking forward to your future discussion. Thank you so much, Sophie. Always my pleasure, of course. I don't think we will run out of topics, I would say. <laughs> Not at all. This is only the beginning, I would say. Thank yeah. you so much. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to this latest episode of the Rise and Play podcast. I am trying to grow a community of conscious leaders across the industry and beyond. So if you want to join this movement, please share the podcast with other conscious leaders because we have so much more we can learn from each other. Also, please don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss out on future content. Every episode is packed with actionable insights that will help you improve your leadership skills now. And if you are interested in learning more on the topics that we discussed today, you can find more insights on riseandplay.io and there you will also find my free masterclass on conscious leadership. So have a great week and until the next time,